What is happening, podcast hombres? Welcome to episode 16 of the Barefoot Hustler podcast. And in today's conversation, I am speaking with a good friend of mine, Lauren Cuthbert. I met Lauren early this year in April, and my first impression of her was this cool, calm, collected, super steezy individual. And since then, my respect has only gotten deeper, learning what she's doing and how she's moving through this world. She's an absolute creative powerhouse. She's the founder of The Art of Connection, which is a unique and interactive group experience that guides people through alternative and deep forms of connective practices and karmic journeys, international environmentally conscious wellness retreats. She's also an international yoga teacher. She's a DJ, a Zen Tai Shiatsu therapist, and has helped organize some of the biggest festivals in Australia, such as Earth Frequency, Elements, Blues Fest, Splendor in the Grass, and Island Vibes, just to name a few. As a devotee to the religion of festivals, you can imagine how much I love and respect that. (laughs) In this conversation, we deep dive into her work through the art of connection and explore the concept behind what actually forms deep connections and the relationship between vulnerability, creativity, safety, and being in our fullest expression. This conversation is for anyone wanting to learn how we can use nature, travel, play, vulnerability, and co-regulation to deepen our experience of life and strengthen our capacity to connect to both ourselves and to those around us. She even takes me through a nine-minute self-regulating meditation around 25 minutes into the conversation to show us just how we can use one of these tools to bring ourselves back into connection with ourselves and the environment around us. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's go. Welcome everyone to the Barefoot Hustler podcast, where hustlers, creatives, and seekers unite and realize we're all one, where the hustle meets the flow. I'm your friend and host, Sejin Gunaridis, and my intention is to delinear the labels we always try and squeeze into and give permission for us to live in the spaces between. So whether you're a hustler that could benefit from slowing down and bringing more alignment and purpose to your work, or you're a free spirit that's getting a calling to bring more structure, drive, and creation to your life, I'm super grateful you're taking a wee little chunk of your day to grow with me, both for your future self and the collective at large. Together, let's pioneer a new way of living and redefine what it means to live a rich, connected, and purposeful life in the 21st century. Let's all be barefoot hustlers. So take off your shoes, grab a coffee, and let's jump in. (laughs) (laughs) We finally did it. Great. Yay. All right. Hello, hombres. Uh, It is Serge and... And Ren. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And we're currently sitting in a little studio in SAE, which I actually don't even know what it stands for. Spicy um, asparagus enchiladas. <laughs> Christian, <laughs> um, it's a creative uni. Yes. Um, and yeah, I'm studying a bachelor of creative industries here, majoring in music production. Yeah. Um, which I'm loving. So uh, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. How I like to start off all episodes is asking you how you're feeling in this moment, in your body, in your mind, in your soul. Hmm. Um, my body's feeling pretty relaxed and yeah, I feel really positive today um, and content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just really nice. Yeah, that's a good platform to... How are you feeling? Jump in. I'm feeling curious on where this is going to go. Like I, we've hung out a few times, um, but I haven't actually explored too much. I haven't experienced what you offer in terms of the art of connection which we'll go Mm. in 
how would you describe what you do in your own words? Mm. I'll give it a go. Um, <laughs> yeah. It definitely is a, a felt experience. Um, it's essentially a an experience where I facilitate groups of people into uh, various somatic practices um, that hopefully inspire deeper connection um, within themselves to themselves, to nature and to each other. Um, so using various different practices that come from my own yogic trainings and um, somatics trainings and life experiences. Um, in workshop form. In a workshop form, yeah. yeah. It's sort of expanded into, um, you know, larger group settings um, as of the last two years, you know, and since COVID things have started to ease, which has been really special. Um but I'm really passionate about just bringing people together to experience moving in unity mm. um, and exploring the different languages that we have that don't necessarily involve words, but mm. that actually um, that emphasize the communication that we're having all the time, which mm. is through energy and yeah. through our bodies and through movement. Um, yeah, which is actually 90% of our communication. Um, so I feel that, you know, embodied communicate, uh, embodied connection and embodied communication mm. is where we can actually really start to feel in touch with connection from a deeper place. Um, and then from there have an expanded connection with nature and um, with our purpose and... Mm. Um, with what everything. Does that, what does that look like in terms of like, so it's an hour or two hour workshop, either like ticketed or at a door for people come in. Because <laughs> in terms of like, I guess that's the idea behind it, but just so people can visualize what this looks like. Yeah. So it's like a workshop form, sensory, interactive experience. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's very inclusive and accessible. And um, I really like to create an experience where people of all ages and all walks of life can join in mm. um, and offering options is an important part of that. And, you know, mostly I offer that in a festival setting or at a retreat or mm. with corporate groups. Um, and it's just a really great icebreaker. You know, it's, it's great for people to get out of their comfort zones mm. and in a really safe and playful and gentle yet strong way um i've actually had people come up to me at, at different events saying that they met their partners in my workshops no and you know that they um so ended up having friends at the festival from the workshop that they spent the whole time with and um you know different like creative collaborations that have come from it um i usually tend to work with live musicians as well mm. i really um vibe with live music and that's how i I, I get my inspiration of where to take the group as well. Mm. There's this beautiful reciprocal relationship that happens with with me and the music where it's we're creating this synergy of, of the experience to guide people gently into um, opening and expressing themselves. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that was the, one of the first things I heard that you did. And in my mind, this was maybe early this year in April at Earth Frequency, and I asked you, I was like, how did you even get to this point? Because for me, this is like a dream job. Like I, <laughs> I, wa I want to help people connect in my one-on-one -on -one sessions or eight-week programs and things like that. But mm. to actually have a 
a workshop space and also for so many festivals because you've not only just volunteered at the SUM, you've actually collaborated to be a part of many festivals. How did you get to this point? It's a lot. Oh, gosh. I think, like, the biggest thing in in any dream is to just be of service within whatever you love or you're passionate about and then just from that place of selflessness, like, just see where that takes you. And um, it started off, actually, as a pretty intimate workshop with my friend Nicole and it was mainly focused around, you know, interactive acti- um, games and activities and, and different yoga um you know, like partner yoga activities mm. that people could do together, um, breathwork techniques. Still for the intention um, of connecting? Yeah, yeah. With, the intention, with the intention for connection. And then um, when COVID happened, um, what I could see was that there was this influx of so many amazing people online that were um, sharing, you know, free tools and resources. Um, but there was no like centralized place for people to be able to find these people and mm. find these different tools that were out there that can help people at a time where a lot of people were feeling really isolated. Um, so I actually created a Facebook group that grew pretty quickly. Mm. Um, and on there, it was sort of like an online hub. Um, and there was a, a program for every single day that had like different, you know, speakers, musicians, facilitators. So all for free. All for free, wow, yeah. Cool. And then um, eventually as that continued, I had people say, you know, I really like dig this platform. It's really awesome. Like, would you like think about creating like an online space? And I did that and it, that felt very important for me at the time and really a part of my purpose. But um, once everything opened up again and we could connect in person, mm. I was like, oh gosh, this is actually where I feel the most alive is like the in-person connection. And so, you know, I've kind of now really focused my energy on creating in-person experiences where people can come together as a group. And, um, you know, we just work on moving in the direction of unity together, whatever that looks like. And sometimes that unity might be following your own impulse. or it might be coming back into the space. So, yeah, I think it's really important that in these spaces people have a sense of autonomy and are offered choice um, in, you know, who they interact with and how they want to move. And I guess so it's also um, hopefully encouraging those people that join to trust their instincts and listen to that as well. Mm, I'm assuming you do a few things that push people's edges as well because I feel yeah. like it's a lot of body movement and creativity which some people haven't unlocked that expression of themselves. What do you feel like can be the most challenging thing that you've noticed people to struggle with and maybe upon breaking it's like a um, evolve, evolution? I, I think self-criticism is huge. Yeah, like and I guess the the idea that people are watching you or judging you for a way that you might be moving mm-hmm. um, through a space. Um, yeah, and so I like to kind of work in a way that's like, right, quite gentle and not too invasive, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Um, still offer the chance to push an edge. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you give an example of activities or exercises? Um, let me think. I mean, there's like a really fun, you know, group activity where like everybody kind of is in these little pods or like these little circles and 
you know, you might have like a group of four and then, you know, the three people are kind of like sitting down and then one person's like standing up just for 10 seconds and just moving with the music and then they and get down. Yeah, yeah, and then the next person kind of rises up like a flower and then sinks back down into the soil. And I think when people offer just small opportunities, you know, to shine their light, it's like, oh, okay, I can like mm. come up out of my shell for a second, for a moment, you know, and they get to be seen in that moment without too much pressure. Mm-hmm. But being seen is can be super hard for some people. With that, so it's like the whole intention to get people to be in a space, to connect. Did that come from a lack of connection that you sensed in yourself or in society? And you're like, actually, I want to offer a space for people to practice and for people mm. to evolve into a more connected and more, I guess, grounded and, yeah, confident version of themselves. Did this come from an area of lack or are you seeing, like, actually, mm. this is a problem I want to be part of solving yeah well I don't know if you've seen recently they've had all those different articles about like the effect of like isolation and disconnection and how it can actually be more harmful than five cigarettes a day okay um you know there's there's so much research now coming out that you know when people are in a state of disconnection or, or isolation um not isolation because they're choosing to be for their own self-growth, but Mm. because they don't feel like they can lean into support. And I guess I've definitely gone through, you know, many different phases of um, feeling really disconnected. And um, I've been on my own journey with depression and anxiety and, like, I get it, you Mm. know. So I... Growing up? Oh, just, yeah, like, all through my life. and so, yeah, I guess I come from a place of understanding um, and I know that everyone's journey is so different. Um, but what I do see as something that I feel is a common thread is that when people do have a deeper connection to themselves or to nature, like nature is huge. Mm. Like it's so important for our connection to ourselves and to others. And I think that really gets forgotten about Um And I really realized that when I went on like a 30-day backpacking trip when I was like 21 in New Zealand and um, we had like no technology, no transport. Sometimes we were like 10 days walking away from a road and we had to have helicopter drop-offs for our food. Who's we? uh, Me and like a group of six. Um, Like a tour or just private? It was a wilderness backpacking like expedition. Like we we were learning how to become, I guess, yeah, like wilderness backpacking guides. Um, So that was amazing. I remember getting in a car for the first time after 30 days and just being like, oh my gosh, what is this contraption that's moving me when I've only had my feet? I felt that on the, it's like a nine day great big bike ride. So Mm. every, every, the only way you moved was through human effort. And then Mm. being in a car after nine days is like a hundred kilometers a day. You're like, you just, you're like, why this feels so unnatural. Yeah. And I think even that makes us realize that like, oh, when we actually, even when we're getting in these like little portals that move us from A to B, we're also losing connection to our feet, Mm. you know? And um, yeah, so really with that connection to nature that that I've experienced um, has been so incredibly healing for me and it's shown me all of my shit and Mm. really supported me to come back to a space of grounding, which I really believe is the 
the best place that we can come from within any connection. Mm. Um, so that exposure to nature, what did that do for you? So you self, said you felt grounded. Mm. Was before you were up in your mind a lot or you were like going so fast? What did nature do um, for you? I guess at the time, like my family was navigating some pretty severe trauma and I, I, I just, I needed healing, mm. you know, and I, it was, 10 years ago or something like that like I wasn't yeah the concepts of like rebirthing breath work and all these other healing modalities that are available and so in front of us now weren't really at the forefront then as much and um so nature was what I had Mm. and yeah I suppose it offered me safety it offered me a remembering it offered me beauty an opportunity Mm. to actually see beauty and feel beauty and I think mm. when we can see beauty in the world around us it increases our dopamine increases our serotonin levels you know because they're seeing actually the beauty in this world and you know I think like particularly in the last couple of years there's been such a huge emphasis on everything that's wrong on this planet you know from climate change to the pandemic like like to now all these different, you know, world issues that have always been apparent, but we're more exposed to them through, you know, how readily available like the media is and things like that. So Mm. it's so important for us to come back to, you know, the parts of us where we can actually acknowledge what feels beautiful Mm. in our lives. Um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like nature offers, for me at least, the realization that all my issues and problems are self-created like mm. they're man-made or woman-made like and living in such an urban environment that is melbourne i can be so easily removed from nature and the closest thing i get is a park where it's like there's like man-made trees not man-made trees <laughs> man-planted <laughs> trees maybe but for me it just lets my issues melt away because yeah it, it allows me to relinquish the illusion that we're completely separate and that if you go through a walk in the forest, these things just happen. The tree's always there. The river always rushes. Yet mm. we are just running around in this concrete jungle, creating all these issues and pressures and expectations. But in the end, in that forest, the river always runs and mm. the tree's always there. And just it's so simple. Mm. And it just reminds me of the state that we can be in. Mm. So it's it's less of an explainable like yeah, you go in and then nature gives you something, but it just is that settling of what isn't real. Mm. and I yeah it's done some beautiful things living in the van for the past seven months because it's such a small highest I'm always Mm. outside Mm. and I've actually noticed now living in a house how removed I am Mm. from the elements and in some capacity it's nice like I I can wake up and if it's raining I can still stand up but Mm. yeah it has really removed me from yeah the wind and the water and just everything and it just makes you feel alive, I feel, mm, being, yeah. being exposed. I definitely can relate to that. I had an experience of living in a van for like a year and a half and it was so powerful mm. to, you know, to sustain that connection to nature after I had in New Zealand. I think travel can also offer you that too, especially when you travel to, you know, I guess like developing countries because just having even a structure, like a house structure that's less built up, mm-hmm. um, you know, when the walls are thin up, like there is that mm, that closeness to nature, and um, mm. when you get to travel and you see how people are actually just resourcing whatever tools and 
food and things like they have in their own villages. It just reminds you that, yeah, like we actually can be connected to that, but it takes such a conscious choice in a city mm-hmm. or in an environment where the structures aren't necessarily supporting that as much. So it's so important that we actually take the time to go out and immerse ourselves. Definitely. I feel like coming back, I mean, we just emulate what we see. So for me, I was born and raised in Melbourne. So that disconnect was almost the norm. And it was only when I went traveling or when I yeah lived in the van and just like getting out of the bubble has allowed me to see and coming back into it, see the the things that we never question. Mm. And it is crazy where it's like, yeah, we are the most connected generation ever, yet there is that lack of genuine connection and that physical energy that we can feel. And I've noticed coming back how much more sensitive I am to energy, which is a beautiful thing, but it can be lost, I guess, in all this chaos. And that's something that I'm really trying to ground now to try and keep because Mm. I feel like that is such a power to connect with myself and listen to my body, listen to my nervous system, my cycle, everything, and trust the wisdom that is in all of this and also with other people. I feel Mm. like I can relate way more with people because I can, you know, that my empathy is grown from leaving the city and not forever, obviously I'm back here now, but it is such a power and I feel that is something that I guess you touch on in your workshops because Mm. it is, it's, it's interpersonal. So you're relating with others but actually I've never experienced one, but yeah. <laughs> I think a huge part of it is co-regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means actually softening the nervous system in your own body and then being in a space where someone else is doing that as well. And co-regulation is where like you're, you're feeling the collective energy around you and you're responding to that. It's why like if you go to a football game and like everybody starts cheering, you notice that your own energy inside mm. starts to rise. Called the whole stadium is, is co-regulating. And then it, simultaneously if you, you know, you're in a yoga class and you can kind of feel that really beautiful dropping sensation at the end of class in a shavasana. And that's people co-regulating in Love a space. That. And so, yes. you know, something about the art of connection that I'm really passionate about is is exploring how we can co-regulate together um, positively Mm. and like support each other in that space of regulating ourselves to live a life of greater health. Mm. And also, I guess, see that other people are struggling as well. If you, you know, in isolation, both physically and also mentally, you think that you're the only one. So it's like, oh, I'm the only one that is scared of what it, I don't know what you do in there, but like it really is. I feel like for me, maybe similar. I see is like women's circles where I share something that uh, that is alive in me, and then it's reflected in so many other people. And suddenly, I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one, and I feel almost held in that common struggle. And it's a really beautiful bonding experience. Mm. So I can imagine in these workshops, in the physical flesh of both sharing through words, through eye gazing, through movement, that it is such a connector as you said co-creating this beautiful energy that we can be reminded of our innate power Mm, yeah it's like shared vulnerability yeah i think it's brene brown she says that you know vulnerability is the birthplace for creativity and it's so true like any form of creativity requires vulnerability like for you to be in your artistic expression there's a sense of vulnerability because 
when you are creative, it's it's something that's it's a force that's coming through your heart. Mm, um, I love that. And I, I think shared vulnerability is so important, like for you know breaking down the walls that we build up mm. and for seeing each other as equals. And I, I think equality comes from shared vulnerability as well. Mm, I love that link of vulnerability and creativity. One, I feel like I can owe half my life to Brittany Brown. She's such <laughs> a wizard. Um, but She's amazing. Yeah. And I feel like from that, like, why do you think vulnerability and creativity? So it's like, one, I guess it's an original piece and it's a part of you is the art or music or whatever that you're creating. Like, And I do, like, how do you feel like vulnerability is played in life in your creativity? Because you produce music, you DJ, you you do so much. Even what you wear is so stylish. I love it. So I feel like how has that, yeah, has that evolved as you've been able to connect to your vulnerability more? Yeah, I think as I've felt m- more safe to express my vulnerability, my creativity's come through more because I definitely noticed that I can go through vulnerable periods and not feel creative when I'm not feeling safe. But when I'm feeling that sense of safety paired with feeling into my own vulnerability, there's a strength that comes with it and it and it's expressed. It comes out as expression. Um, mm. One of my most influential teachers in my life, Gwyn Williams, says that, you know, the opposite of depression is expression. You know, when wow. we are expressive, we can actually really pull ourselves into a space of like a powerful place within ourselves and and kind of like yeah I guess generate more love um yeah so I think vulnerability can it can have a few different personalities Mm, can I ask like what did someone listening being like oh my god yes and like to quote Brene Brown again where it's the opposite of belonging is fitting in where fitting in is you want to just kind of emulate the the style the language the everything the culture of those surrounding you so you can feel like you belong Mm. but what she's trying to allude to us is belonging to yourself is so much more important and that is the only way that you will not feel alone and that you won't that you'll be individualistic and yeah express what is actually inside and i feel like being in a container that is safe allows you to yeah express yourself in your eyes, how did you go from not feeling safe to feeling safe to actually be in your fullest expression? Mm. <laughs> what a question. <laughs> <Strapping>. <laughs> yeah. um, lots of things supported that, a, a supportive community. Um, it was definitely helpful with that. I think therapy, mm-hmm. <laughs> multiple sessions of therapy. Mm. Um, yeah, reaching out for support is super important and cultivating safety and nature as we spoke about. Something else that was really healing for me for you know, a huge period of time was rebirthing breathwork um, with an incredible facilitator that was really trauma-informed and, um, yeah, is a dear friend of mine, Nicole Kagakis, and mm. she – really supported me to feel that safety in myself again. Um, How many years ago was this? This was probably about five years ago. Okay. Yeah. you've been living up in the Northern Rivers, Byron area for yeah. nine? 
years? Six years. Six years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Byron prompt? and the Sunshine Coast. Okay, true. Kind um, what prompted that between. move? Well, <laughs> since I was like six years old, every year I would turn to my mum and say, okay, can we move up to Queensland now? Like, I want to be by the water. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted Melbourne, to live by the ocean. Melbourne based as well. Yarra Valley, yep. yeah. Okay. So I grew up in the bush, which was super beautiful. And yeah, it's, it's really lush out there. But um, I've always had such a strong connection to the mm-hmm. ocean. Um, but yeah, I think safety, safety is such a huge conversation. Um, and there's lots of things that help there. But I think like really leaning in to myself bravely and learning how to inner resource. I think inner resourcing is really important for cultivating a sense of safety. What does that mean? Learning how to... Like self-regulate? Tap in, yeah, how to self-regulate. Um, if you're open to it, we could explore a little practice now that Please. people can maybe tune into. I but love that can support some resourcing and this is something that you can do at any time or in any place and um can be supportive and just helping you to come back to the moment and to sensation within your body cool so coming back into the body and listening to deep a different voice i mean you know what i'll just wait and see (laughs) let's have a go let's do it all right so um inviting everyone to join as well of course yeah let your body get comfortable whether you're tuning in here beside me mm-hmm. or tuning in into the interwebs or listening to us, <clears throat> you can let yourself lay down or find a comfortable seat. And please feel welcome to keep your eyes open if that feels more comfortable for you or if it feels settling in your body, you can feel free to close down the eyes and just take a moment to... Notice what you hear. Let your ears scan for a sound, or maybe it's even a pocket of silence. That feels good. Attention come towards the sounds that are a little bit closer towards you. Maybe it's the sound of your breath. Or the sound of part of your body moving. Now can you let yourself notice the surface underneath you? Becoming aware of the points of contact between you and the ground or the chair or whatever is supporting you.
and give your body the permission just to tap into that. your attention to your body and and you become curious about a part of your body that feels good or at ease somewhere maybe it's your hands pressing down on your legs your eyes softening, the soles of your feet, maybe it's the feeling of breath moving through the belly, connect with your breath here and if you'd like to join me, you can place a hand there. To the part or parts of your body that are feeling at ease. Breathe in and out. Maybe focusing on expanding that feeling to other parts of your body. feel supportive, you could deepen the breath. If it's helpful, maybe extend the exhalation. Take your time to gently float open the eyes and let your eyes move around the room or outside, wherever you are. And have a look at what's around you. Identify different objects in your space. Maybe if you have a window, you could glance outside. And can you find an object in your environment that symbolizes beauty to you. Once you've located that object, notice what you like about it. 
What are the qualities? The texture, the shape. What's its function? Have a conversation inside about what feels comforting about this object for you. And now notice the sensations in your body as you become connected with this. Take a deep breath in together. And a breath out whenever you're ready. Welcoming you to join us back in space. Mm. 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 I was looking up and um, projection of light because we don't have mm. a window in the studio. And I enjoyed it because it's for everyone who's listening, it's like a desktop screensaver <laughs> on like this like swirly light thing and i feel like that was one of the only things i found of beauty here i'd like the playfulness of it the fact that it's not following rules the fact that it's almost seems like phosphorescently magical <laughs> it's mm. cool and to connect that with the feeling of my body mm, beautiful okay. it's very fluid yeah it's kind of got no start no end mm. thank you so much for that anyways it's actually interesting because mine was the this, lightning. Yeah, this yeah. lightning poster. <laughs> That's so funny. Which was also, yeah, very striking and had beautiful bright colours of pinks and blues and um, has this, like, effervescent yeah. quality yeah. about it. Yeah. It's my I word for that. the week, effervescent. I do love this word. <laughs> it a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, it's electric. I like the fact that, I guess this is a practice for you to be able to find the beauty in anywhere. Like, we're sitting in a studio there's barely any, there's no windows, there's no light, yet we're still able to find that. And I guess that's the whole point is where can we find the beauty in our environment no matter where we are. Mm, I yeah. love that. And this has actually been something that I've been practicing every single day since I've been back in, in Melbourne. Um, that's been really helpful for me to reconnect um, to my body and to regulate and to feel a sense of safety and, and ease um, and comfort. I, I really feel a big warm hug when I do that practice. It feels really nice and, yeah, grounding. So mm. I really hope that anyone listening to this can, you know, maybe that is something that you can take into your, you know, into your life as something that is helpful. Um, and that's my intention with Art of Connection is to just drop these little tools mm. and, you know, maybe there's one or two or none maybe one that you remember six months later when you have a little oh yeah remember that thing that i did in that workshop that like you know we focused on our feet and we noticed how the earth felt and mm. i got to feel all these different textures that i haven't really become aware of before that the ground um has mm. um yeah so Amazing. that's what it's really all about so with and like if you're gonna pick one big 
issue that you wanted to address? Obviously, like, uh, the, whole, the overarching theme being connection that you see in society, no matter where you're at. Like, what is the whole point of the art of connection to give people so like, in a, the ability to tap in, to reconnect? Like, what was the seed that was planted for this whole thing to grow? Um, I think, yeah, my travel experiences had a huge influence um, on my perception of humanity. And pre-COVID, I was um, taking high school kids on conservation and community service mm -hmm. uh, adventure trips around the world. Well, and this was in, when you were in high school? No, no, this oh. is like in my early 20s. Okay, okay. Yeah. Cool job. Um, it was a really cool job. Yeah, I got to take groups of kids from all over to places like Fiji, Malaysia, India, Nepal, mm. Kenya, Ecuador. Wow. <laughs> it was amazing. And, wow. you know, and I got to hear the the kids actually having these reflections because we'd have debriefs every night about what it is that they noticed about these cultures. And Were they from Australia? And you took them some up? were from Australia, some from South Africa, and some were from the UK, and some were from places around Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. um, and I wor also worked in America with American kids for two years as well. So yeah, worked with a few different mm. um, lots of different yeah, yeah cultures um, of of young people. Um, and something that I noticed as a, a common thread was that every trip there was these profound realizations that the kids would have about connection and you know there was that's not surprising mm. that when you take time away to connect to nature and actually start working together in teams um, and challenge your comfort zones and learn from other cultures how much you can learn about connection um, and I think sometimes when we're in our own culture, it's something that we can forget because we get so familiar with the people that are around us and the way that they operate and the way that we operate within that, mm -hmm. that it's pretty easy to just stay in our own kind of set ways. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, when we can come into a space and start connecting with people that we don't know their names, we don't know their stories, we don't know where they come from, who they are, we don't know if they've been jailed. We don't know if they're a bus driver. We don't know if they're, you know, like... I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. Like, what matters is what you're experiencing with them in that moment and um, and being able to see and hear somebody that you haven't... You don't have a preconceived view of. Mm. Um, is there, a, mo is yeah. there a memory that you can remember that whether it's from a child or in a different culture that changed the paradigm that you lived in because it challenged something? Mm. Yes, it's many. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I mean, I know that India and Africa were two really powerful places for me to spend time in. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so keen to go to India. Oh. The practice of gratitude, yeah. you know, like when you get to see how other people live in contrasting circumstances um, and see how they see life 
and have an insight into what the mindset is. Um, it's incredibly inspiring. And yeah, I think it really can, you know, when you experience um, another culture f- as a, you know, as a witness, because we mm. can never really understand fully what they're going through because it's, that's their experience. But um, I think there's something really profound about witnessing somebody in a place of, of struggle or of challenge and then seeing how they see the light and the beauty in the world. And um, I guess that comes back to that shared vulnerability again and like how that can be really supportive for us all. Mm. I guess it challenges the idea of... I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, in a different way. I loved it. <laughs> but it's in like, I guess seeing that one, it makes you notice what you have versus what you don't. Mm. And in right now, we're very privileged and lucky to be living where we are at with so many material possessions and opportunities and going there. I can imagine in India there to be a lot less. Yet there's, this is kind of parallel to my experience in Mexico when I went there and I saw people in slums and kids with, it's like, punctured soccer ball there's like 15 16 of them and they were having the time of their life they were screaming mm. with excitement and it wasn't even a, a like a working soccer ball mm. and it made me realize yeah actually these things that we've been told you know what success is or what will give us abundance might not be the case and that was the beginning of my journey of questioning everything and being actually and actually questioning my path which was going towards law at the time and yeah wanting to climb the ranks and be seen but that really shifted everything for me and I started coming back and noticing and actually yeah asking will this lead me to happiness because the kids they didn't have that mm. so that was the first time I kind of saw that mm. and yeah also just to realize how much I have which is insane mm. and I can imagine it would have been a very unique opportunity to have taken those kids around because then you could have learned from the kids like play I think mm, we could talk huge. about play so much and for <laughs> me reconnecting to my playfulness and my inner child almost has my god given me so much in the expression of who I can be because I was a very playful child I, you know I loved fantasy games and I loved just kicking a ball around and uh, playing characters and reading Harry Potter books and all that jazz but that kind of got stumped out of me in high school because I just wanted to belong I wanted to fit in but in the past couple of years, having that safety, kind of pulling everything we've talked about together, having that safety has allowed me to be vulnerable in my play again. Mm. And that's gifted me so much. And I can see that that's actually what a lot of people love being around me for, mm. which is it just shows that we are void of it. We need mm. more of it. We all want to take off that suit and tie and totally. play, even if it's just for the weekend or just for an hour a week or whatever that is. Yes. Oh my mm. gosh. Yeah, you have no idea how, like, I mean, you, you do know, exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, play is actually one of the most healing things that we can do for ourselves and for others, like, mm-hmm. to be playful within in their presence and, and to just play games. Like, you know, there's a reason why, like, kids are so fearless, mm-hmm. you know? It's because, like, everything is approached from this sense of play, like, this playfulness. And there's... There's less, I guess, like time to like have the self-doubt or the criticism or like the kind of standing back, which is something that we develop as adults when we become less playful and more serious. Mm. Um, 
I was actually listening to um, this amazing speaker, Jessica McGuire, who mm. speaks on the nervous system, talk about the power of play and how play is actually, you know, in the nervous system is actually a similar feeling as like anxiety and like and where anger sits. And so like if we can actually, when we start to feel these more heightened emotions, somehow it's not so easy, mm. but find play within that or there's some kind of practice that you can have where you can make that playful you can kind of meet that energy and you can match it and somatically you can let that emotion still move through your body but in a way that's more safe 100 percent. and also i mean i guess that's also why i mean i'm not an expert so I don't like you know but definitely go check her out and all yeah the, like, you know, i guess maybe even just hearing Instagram. that it's like you practicing and being in that state of energy of excitement because they say you know the only difference between excitement and anxiety is how you label it yes it's the same, it's the same feeling in your body but it's how you narrate it and and by practicing being in that state of play when maybe anger arises or excitement arises all these things you can manage it more and mm. you can not be so scared because oh, my nervous system hasn't been in this state mm. so and yeah. also you just give permission to other people to play it's such an infectious thing yeah it's so much fun for me that's also why ecstatic dance is so important mm. for me because it allows me to move my body in non-linear ways to see other people do the same and mm. kind of yeah it gives permission for, for me to question how i move and unlock you know, tension and tightness in my body, which sometimes mm. I can explain and sometimes I can't, but mm. I guess that's the beauty of it. Mm. And I feel like bringing these non-linear ways of thinking and moving and expressing ourselves in every aspect of our life. Like even like we went to a contemporary dance class <laughs> and she took us so through. Fun. So much fun. And she took us through an activity where just for two songs, move like your jelly. Mm. And to, and I just got completely lost in it. I didn't, and it, that, that in itself is so healing because it makes, it kind of brings both sides of your brain together. Yeah. It's like the movement part and also the don't move in the way that you think, but just how does it want to come out? Yeah. Uh, I actually do quite a lot of that in Out of Connection. Yes. Yeah, it's oh, really, so really, really awesome and powerful. Yeah. And I think on that, like being in any kind of, or just noticing like what it is for you that helps you to move into that place in a, in a space that feels safe and playful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something that, a place that really supported me as a child in unlocking that was being on stage. Mm. Like before you either public speak or you sing, or you act or you dance and you're on stage. It's like when you're side stage, you've got those feelings of like the jitters and it's like, oh, I'm so excited. But then like, oh, I'm so nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like, that's an amazing place to 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 meet that edge you know because you're you're letting yourself be seen and you're also noticing oh okay i've got these feelings that could be anxiety but they also could be excitement Mm. and that for me is a really clear place where that um distinction the distinction is yeah yeah Yeah, because you have a theater background Yes, musical theatre. So much fun. I feel like that's such a <laughs> hack because so many of us, like for me, everyone's like, oh, you're great on camera. If you go back two years and you see me on camera, I was just a robot. And I, there was no part of Sejin that was expressed through me and only by practising and, you know, going out of my comfort zone has that become now, I guess, a more streamlined <laughs> form of communication. But I think expre- like pushing an edge. So for you, was, luckily it was at a young age where it's like, you know, 
play was more normal. So if you could advise or give some tips to people that are listening, being like, okay, actually I hear what they're saying. I'm open to trying. What's an avenue that they can take to, yeah, come out of the shackles a little bit, to shake it off, to Mm. step into whether it's play or safety or any of these things that we've talked about? Mm. Well, I think it really depends on the person and like what feels like fun as well. Mm. Um, And where do you want it to take you? Like what's your intention with it? Where, like what is your, I guess, yeah, like just what, what is it that you love doing? Because I think if you can do it in a space where like, you're aligning it with something that you love, mm-hmm. um, it'll support you in that. Like, and I, I can give you a few examples. Like if you love to dance, like lean into ecstatic dance and it's an amazing opportunity for you to explore moving in a drug and alcohol free space and noticing actually like how can you find freedom and expression and um, that f- sense of flow, like flow state. Mm. like um which in melbourne it's like through, open through dance open floor there's no lights no lycra yeah it's melbourne ecstatic dance yeah okay yeah cool. there's quite a few um you know so that's one if you like to dance and then there's another one i can give you is is something that a coach of mine sigrid tazzy's taught me um a couple of years ago um was to do a self-expression challenge Ooh. and this one was really edgy for me and Ooh, yes. um sure. it was <laughs> put yourself in front of your camera like and do a either a reel or a story or an IGTV or whatever you want to do for 30 days straight. Yes, this is um, And every day you just, just talk to it and it might feel completely ridiculous, um, but just talk, just talk about whatever's on your mind. Um, well, obviously expressing something that like feels pretty. <laughs> yeah, and healthy as yeah. well. Like, yeah. you know, don't have to kind of like overshare with people that you have no idea who you're sharing with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but that one was quite edgy for me that was really supportive um Sound i think like poetry as well like getting up at an this. open mic or like a poetry slam yeah that's definitely on my 2023 list yeah the more i kind of unlock my creativity that's coming out i've written a couple of songs but i feel like this is just a whole new avenue to share a message and it's mm. it's like performance and communication in this beautiful impactful just so much respect for people in slam poetry. It's insane. Spread mm. word. That's definitely. So it sounds like what you're saying is almost the obstacle is away. So it's uh, whatever you're, you feel like you're not free, whether that's <clears throat> musical or movement or yeah anything, I guess that's the way forward. Yes, totally. I mean, in saying that, I am aware that for some people, those suggestions could be a bit, much Mm -hmm. like they can be they they could be a bit intense for some people so there are more gentle things that you know you can explore too just like maybe you're an introvert and your edge is just smiling at a stranger Mm -hmm. you know or asking the person that makes your coffee hey how was your day today Mm -hmm. you know just like something little that gets you out of just kind of in here and in here and then a little bit more interaction here. Definitely. And I feel like in my last podcast with Simon Pascal, she was sharing how so many of us don't know the difference between pushing an edge and completely dysregulating our nervous system. Mm. And for me, I've been definitely a victim of myself because I'm so keen to push past all my fears because I realize that they are limitations that I'm imposing on myself. But there's been a few instances where I've pushed too much and it's actually created like my whole body went into mm. stress and overwhelm in a certain area and it's kind of like, well, actually 
and it's so different to how I work with my clients. So I kind of went against what I do where it's like, okay, what is a 10 out of 10 goal? Being able to stand up and share a poem in front of people or being able to dance, not care what people Mm. think. Where are you at? If that's a 10, where are you at? Is it a two? Is it a four? And then just incrementally make your way up. Don't jump to the 10. Like right now, or maybe two years ago, if I just went up on a stage to do, to share a poem, I would probably freeze up. I'd create almost more trauma Mm. and it would, it wouldn't do me well, even though the intention is good. So I agree where it's people see where you're at, see where your end goal is, like push yourself, go, you know, shoot for the stars, but honor where you're at take and just, it easy yeah just take <laughs> it easy just progressively get there and that can be easy does it it's such a old saying and so simple but like easy does it it's so it's powerful like little by little i think it's really important i think you know our culture is um well not all of our culture but there's there's a cathartic energy that's mm. kind of circulating and um pushing ourselves to go into these like cathartic spaces of just like being here and being here, just like full release, full expression, full everything um, before we've actually created a space of safety and grounding for ourselves and just kind of like tapped into something gently can actually be really harmful. Mm, I guess that goes back to deep listening and honoring yourself and like the more sensitive you are to your body and your nervous system and what feels good, what feels not in flow, what feels yeah, way too much, that can help people follow that inner compass to what is right. And that yeah. might be taking it easy for some people. I guess it could be pushing in areas maybe where they feel safer. But yeah, again, deep listening. Yeah, which is important why it's, you know, it's why it's important to do practices like we did before where mm. you're starting to become in touch with what feels good for you, what sounds good for you, what yeah. looks good to you, like what feels good, what part of your body feels good, like... You know, and then within that, we also start to notice what doesn't mm. because when we notice what does feel good for us and we're confronted with something that doesn't, it becomes really strong. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And like one of the biggest things of your meditation or practice, I guess, was slowing down. So it's like that could be the practice that you offered, could be meditation, could be just going for a walk in amongst the chaos that might be your work or anything just to get rid of the stimulus and come back to your senses. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, love that. Definitely the more you slow down, the more you can notice. Yeah, nice. If you could go back to 18-year-old you, what would you? What advice would you share? What did you wish you knew back then? Hmm. <laughs> it's such a good question. <laughs> um, Take your time. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky because I don't, I don't have any regret because mm-hmm. if I didn't approach life the way that I did, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm-hmm. But if I was to give myself advice, it would probably be to slow down. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And to trust myself. Yeah, trust my gut, trust my first instinct. Don't question it. Um, Yeah. 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 If you could get any message to anyone out there that might be in that state of, I have connection, but sometimes I don't, I'm not really sure what is a billboard that you would show them, a message that you'd send them. 
I feel right. Just breathe. Mm. Yeah. Part of me wanted to say, like, love you for where you are, mm. but that's not so easy sometimes. But I think, like, accepting where you are is really important mm. and honoring that. Yeah. Love that. Like, you don't need to be connected all the time you don't need to be happy all the time and then simultaneously the opposite and I think like every emotion that we experience has something to teach us so just let yourself be with it mm. softly I love that again gentle easy does it yeah mm. and with the art of connection do you like what do you see in the future of that where do you want to take it gosh that is an forever unfolding art form that mm -hmm. just continuously surprises me. So it's it's tricky to say because um, I'm just constantly surprised. I mean, I've been doing it for four years and it, I feel like there's just this evolution of how it looks. But um, I'd love to continue to bring the experience into group spaces, but I would love to bring it into spaces where it's less common. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I've I've shared what I do in, um, you know, around the Sunshine Coast, around Byron, and these quote-unquote like spiritual communities, and um, it's felt really humbling and special and important to be integrating that into bigger cities and with people that have never had an experience like this before um so yeah that's probably my goal with it I love that. just to keep tapping into um diverse groups of people yeah i guess follow your flow like it's which is leading you to music production and so many different things and i i think you're an explosion of creativity and expression which is so much fun so. yeah if people <laughs> wanted to experience any part of your work mm. how can they find you what can that look like yeah well i think you know my art of connection page mm -hmm. kind of sums up what i do in the art of connection space um, in the show notes. Which, yeah it's this mm -hmm. art dot of dot connection um and if you want to find out you know my other modalities anything to do with you know my zen tai shiatsu or um musical projects mm -hmm. um my insta love from ren it's probably the easiest place to find me um and i'm looking at running my karmic journeys retreats again this year which are retreats that focus on conservation um as well as self-care and connection to other people as well mm. um so in 2020 oh sorry 2019 um i ran a retreat to north india and thailand um our one in India was focusing on uh, wildlife conservation um, with elephants, which is really beautiful. They were, we were working with elephants that had been rescued from mainly like the wedding industry oh, um, wow. and circus as well. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and in Thailand, um, our focus is cleaning up the beaches. Um, so 
yeah, if you're listening out there and you'd love to travel, but then also, you know, be of service in some way and um, just reconnect mm, to yourself and to nature experience. and to others. Get Beautiful. in touch. Love it's it. Karmic journeys. Yay. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and your wisdom. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, sister. I love what you're doing with this. It's, yeah, it's really potent and I think it's really important that people hear your voice. Mm, thank you. That means a lot. It feels good. It feels right. And I don't know where it's leading, but I'm excited. I'm excited for you too. Yay. All right. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, friends, that is it for this episode. If you got inspired by something, please don't let this be yet another podcast you listen to and forget. Instead, try and focus on the biggest takeaway you got and actually apply it to your life by making a change from today. If you think someone in your life can also get value from it, please share this episode with others. The more that join this journey, the better the world will be. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And finally, if you'd like to connect, jump on my Instagram and shoot me a message. All the links will be in the show notes. Other than that, that's it from me today and I'll catch you next time.